Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty live cast. We're glad that you're with us and we got a great live cast for you today. We got lawyer Sydney Powell with us and I'll give her a better introduction in a little bit, but man, what an honor to have her share and come on and we're going to be sharing things with you about a lot of different subjects, but certainly uh, the 2020 elections and the voter fraud and things like this. And as you know, she was on the president's lawyer team and representing him. And so anyway, it's going to be a great, great program tonight. Yeah. This is Richard Harrison. Let me just brag on Richard for just a second oh. before we get into this. But we just finished our Truth and Liberty uh, conference this last weekend, and it was one of the best things I have mm -hmm. ever been to in my life. Wow. We had a tribute for 9-11 uh, on mm -hmm. Saturday morning, and then Richard ministered. I, if you haven't seen that, you need to go to truthandliberty.net and look it up. We had E.W. Jackson minister, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert was mm -hmm. with us, and I tell you, it was phenomenal. It so was. thank those of you who've enabled us here at Truth and Liberty to be able to do this. It's going to make a big difference. I believe it. I believe it was it. awesome. So this is Richard Harris. He's our resident uh, lawyer here. <laughs> and uh, you're a blessing, brother. So tell oh. them how they can get involved and be a part of this. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for uh, your kind words, too. I really appreciate that. You were that. on fire, brother. That's what everybody keeps saying. Awesome. I don't know what happened to me. but uh, He was, was reading Nehemiah chapter 4, and instead of yeah. putting in Sanballat and all of this, and he Tobias. was listening and Pelosi, Pelosi and, and Schumer. Schumer. Yeah. And I mean, he was not pulling any punches. It was good. Yeah, well, it was a great conference. And I want to encourage everybody, if you didn't get a chance to see it, we do have the links available on the Truth and Liberty website. So just go to truthandliberty.net and there on the homepage, you can click and see all the all the messages that uh, were delivered there. And it, it really was, I think, one of those Kairos moments, you know, where oh, wow. God showed up. And uh, it was a divine appointment for everybody there. And, and uh, it was a great encouragement to me personally. And I, I kind of organized it, but I'm sitting there getting blessed along with everyone else. So it was really fantastic. And, uh, uh, but we've got a great show, I think, planned for you this evening with Sydney Powell. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, for those of you who are watching tonight on Facebook or social media, I really encourage you, especially tonight, uh, to watch directly on our website so that you don't uh, get censored or your broadcast interrupted there. So just go to Truth liberty.net. And speaking of our website, uh, we've got a lot of great resources on there. If you haven't checked out our resources page, please do that. For example, right now, one of the biggest issues in the whole country, in fact, the whole world is uh, these, these mandatory vaccines and passports and all this. And we've got a bunch of links on there that can be a blessing and help to you to find out more information and, 
and uh, figure out how you're going to handle that and deal with that. Um, but also, um, did you know we have a 24-7 news feed on our website? You literally don't need to go anywhere else but Truth and Liberty to get your news. And plus, all the archives of past guests like two weeks ago with Glenn Beck and David Barton, one of the best live casts we've had. So check out our website. Also coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries, there's more great events coming. Uh, uh, let's see, this coming weekend, Destiny Conference with Andrew and Pastor Dwayne Sheriff. Both of them ministered at this last conference too, so I don't know how you guys do it, but they were both fantastic. So, um, you know, we all need to know what our calling is, don't we? We all need to know what our purpose is and how to find that and discover that. So this is going to be a great event. The Minister's Conference, I don't know how long, Andrew, you've been doing that, 40 years now, 45? I think it's right at 40 years. Yeah. The, the annual Minister's Conference, if you're in the ministry, you need to be here. It will encourage you and fire you up and strengthen you, and uh, it's just a great event. And that's October 4th through the 8th. And then the October 28th through the 30th is Women Arise. That's always a great event too for you ladies. It's an encouragement, a motivational thing, and it's going to be awesome. I believe Karen Conrad will be, is Karen ministering at that this year? Or? I think so, but Audrey Mack, this Audrey woman is. is a wild woman, and you're, you're going to love her. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's excited. She is awesome. She's a fantastic minister. Yeah. So, and then, uh, also want to uh, encourage you, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, uh, you need to be a subscriber because you'll then begin to receive our, our emails every week, our blog posts, all the information we're putting out all the time to encourage you, equip you, and help you stand for truth in the public square. And when you do, um, well, that, for members, we send out a free gift, so I'm getting a little bit uh, switched up here tonight. But but just go on our website, where upper right-hand corner, where it says subscribe, and click there, and you'll be added automatically to our list. Speaking of members, uh, we do what we do here at Truth and Liberty through your generosity and your generous support. And if you'd like to be a part of what we're doing, you can become a member today by signing up for an automatic recurring contribution of $5 or more per month. You can do it on our website. Just go to the donate page there, and it'll, uh, the instructions are right there. So thank you to all of our members and your support. And if you become a member uh, today, we'll send you um, a free gift in the mail, which is Alex McFarland's book, The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. So get your copy of this today by becoming a Truth and Liberty member. And then also, uh, this is an interactive live cast. Uh, Sydney is going to be taking questions and Andrew and I uh, questions uh, later in the live cast. So you can post your comments and questions on the chat function in our website or the comment section on Facebook. So we encourage you to do that. And then last, if you need someone to agree with you in prayer, uh, Andrew's trained, spirit-filled, Word of God-filled prayer ministers are standing by. Uh, these are amazing saints, I'm telling you. So call in at 719-635-1111 and someone will agree with you in prayer. And Richard, I don't think you mentioned this, that we're a 501c4. You are correct, I did. So your, your gifts are not tax deductible. We did that so that we can be as political as we want to be without anybody censoring us. But Amen. man, God takes note of all of that. And Amen. So, Amen. So anyway, Love to have you be a part. Now we were also, Sydney gave us uh, the right to give away her book. Yes. So how do uh, they get that? Okay, well, I tell you what, uh, you're right. I'm, I think I'm still recovering from the conference. You gave it everything you had. I did, I left, I left <laughs> nothing. Um, yeah, instead of, I tell you what, we'll send you Alex's book and Sydney's book. How does that sound? That's if you, you yeah. become a member today, uh, today and this week, we'll send you a free copy of both of those. So I think they've got a graphic on Sydney's book. I'm not sure if I can get it on the screen just yet, but what's that? Uh, that's called, um, 
License to Lie, yeah. I believe. Just in case a thousand people become members, Sydney will buy your book and give it away to them so you don't have to worry about us. Go. I was about to panic on that because yeah. I thought I was volunteering one copy. You were. And you he, were. And I, 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 I think he just gave everything he had this last weekend. So <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So that's all right. That's great. <laughs> so we have Sydney Powell with us, and and Sydney, I wasn't aware of you at really until the elections, and I saw uh, like an over an hour uh, thing where you and Rudy Giuliani stood and answered questions and spoke and stuff, and I was just so impressed with what you've done. You've also represented uh, Lit, uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and uh, had yes. him exonerated in that. And so I'm sure you've been practicing law for a long time, but you have really been catapulted into national prominence in just the last year, less than a year. So we appreciate you being with us. Maybe if you could give us just a little bit of background about yourself before we get into talking about all the things you're doing. How did you get started in law and what are you... What's happening? Well, I'm the daughter of a World War II veteran who wanted to distinguish flying cross on his 27th bombing mission over Germany. He was one of the only 10% of the 8th Army Air Corps that survived hmm. that duty. And uh, my mom was a homemaker. I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, went to public school, knew I wanted to be a lawyer since I was five years old. Wow. And my mom said I was this weird little kid that would come home from school and sit down and watch Perry Mason. So, <laughs> uh, I just always wanted to be a lawyer. And the thing I always appreciated about that show was how he always wanted to find out the truth and make sure no person was wrongly convicted. Mm -hmm. And that translated well into my legal career when I became an assistant United States attorney, a federal prosecutor in the Western District of Texas at a very young age because I kind of sped through undergraduate and law school knowing what I wanted to do and having to get student loans to do it. I kind of put on my track shoes and accelerated the process as much as I could. So I wound up in San Antonio, Texas, six weeks after a federal judge was assassinated and, and launched into a very interesting legal career for the next 10 years, prosecuting federal crime either there or in Northern District of Texas or in the Eastern District of Virginia. Had scads of cases of all different kinds. In fact, I think I represented the government in more than 350 federal appeals. Wow. Gravitated toward appellate practice, but did some trial work, both civil and criminal too. The bulk of it was appeals. And then um, after being in private practice for a while, I came to represent uh, Arthur Anderson and the Enron scandal. And like everybody else, I thought everybody that had anything to do with Enron, reading the papers, had to be a dirtbag and guilty until I was called to help Arthur Anderson after the conviction on the appeal. And I read the indictment and I went, whoa, they just made up a crime here. And sure enough, the more I looked at it, the more I realized that's exactly what the prosecutors had done. Then those same prosecutors turned their sights on four Merrill Lynch executives who were just as nice uh, people as you'd ever want to meet and accused them of doing essentially the same thing they'd accused Anderson of, but with a different, uh, slightly different bend to it and, and drafted a much longer indictment. I got calls from three of those defendants to represent them when they're verdict of guilty came down, but of course I could only represent one of them. And I did, and after a six year slog 
uh, we finally discovered evidence that the government had hidden for six years that they knew was favorable to the defense. And they sent four innocent men to prison for as long as a year while they hid that evidence and they had made up the crime there also. Those same prosecutors who were appointed during the Bush administration I then saw named to the highest halls of justice and the FBI by President Obama. And I went, whoa, we have a big problem here. It is called the Uni Party. Everything I saw there was absolutely despicable. Um, those prosecutors from the Enron Task Force appointed in the year 2001, I think it was, went on to become Obama's longest serving White House counsel, his counterterrorism advisor. Uh, the deputy director and general counsel of the FBI, Andrew Weissman, and Leslie Caldwell became head of the criminal division of the Department of Justice under Loretta Lynch. I mean, they just resurfaced everywhere. And one of them was always either in the White House or in the DOJ for the six or eight years we were battling the Merrill Lynch case and therefore able to keep the evidence hidden until a third team of prosecutors accidentally produced it to me. Accidentally produced it to me. So this so book entitled get... License to Lies, not just based on like the uh, 2020 elections, this is something you've been involved in in a long time. Oh, it has nothing to do with the 2020 elections. I self-published it in 2014. I knew nobody would have the, you know what, to publish it because I named all their names mm. and I, outlined exactly the evidence they hid and the crimes they made up against Arthur Anderson, against the Merrill Lynch executive, against United States Senator Ted Stevens. It reads like a John Grisham novel, but it's all true and it names names. And it is the first book that exposed the deep state and the first book a lawyer's ever written that had the courage to, to name the names I named well, or anybody Sydney else for that matter. This is my first time to meet you, and of course it's by Zoom, but I am impressed with the way that you have been fighting corruption and the things like you've got two lawsuits against you that are, what, up to $4 billion? <laughs> yeah, uh, and, actually three. <laughs> and, and yet you're still uh, got a good attitude, and I think you told us that you hadn't even read all of the uh, things that they're saying against you. How do you handle no, all I don't, this? I don't, waste my, I don't waste my time reading things I know are not true. No. I, I just don't. I'm, I'm still looking for the truth. We're finding more of it every day. I'm, I'm really pleased with the way all the pieces are coming together. Although it paints a very dark picture of what happened in our country, I think we have to have the truth before we can solve the problem, and that's all I want. So if Dominion and Eric Coomer, you know, wanted to give me that and show me that I'm wrong, I would be happy to retract the statements that I've made previously, but nobody's doing that. In fact, they're fighting tooth and nail at every turn to keep anyone from looking at the, the codes and the machines and anything they can do to suppress any audit, any canvas, they have done it. They have gone in and changed what's in machines they are just fighting tooth and nail to keep the truth from coming out. And the more they pile on against me, the more I know I am square over the target. Mm. Well, I'm sure that the majority of people watching tonight are like me and that they came to know you because you were on President Trump's uh, lawyer team and uh, you've fought for, uh, you know, the, against the fraudulent election. 
Where do we stand in all of this? Do you have anything new that's going to be coming out? Is anything going to change this discussion? Well, I, uh, actually, to make one uh, slight correction, I did not actually represent the president. I mean, I was certainly aligned on the side of trying to get the truth. And um, I am sure that Donald Trump was actually elected by at least 80 million lawful votes hmm. and that things were done in this election that constituted massive election fraud by a significant number of people, including the machines of various kinds involved in it. Uh, yes, there is more evidence that's gonna come out. I am continuing to work on it. We collect evidence every day from different places. I think a lot of people are going to come forward soon that either worked in Dominion or a related entity, because I don't think their consciences are going to continue to allow them to hide the truth about what happened here. Everybody can see the country disintegrating before our eyes, our rights, our cherished liberties evaporating by the day with this purely fascist, communist, totalitarian regime that was installed through this massive fraud. And I don't think the American people are going to continue to put up with it. And the best way they can stop it is to stand up and tell the truth about what they know actually happened. There are at least 200 employees in Dominion. A number of them worked in Serbia. And people in Dominion, uh, you know, there have to be some good Americans there that are, are willing to take a stand about what they know went on. I just can't believe that there are 200 people that would rather see this country go down the tubes than, than tell the truth. Well, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but some of the accusations you've made against Dominion and other things, uh, if it was fraudulent, couldn't they just provide the information and prove you wrong? Haven't they avoided sure. providing any of these documents? Exactly. Yeah. Just just show us how it worked. And so the just very show fact us what that really there's happened. the very fact that they're silent is uh, quite an in, indictment mm. against them. Yes, and I, I feel very strongly that they filed the suits against me and Lindell and Rudy Giuliani and other people simply to silence us and to say that they were suing for defamation to change the narrative. Mm -hmm. That's all it was because we were dominating the press with what we were saying and they wanted to shut us up. So, Sydney, ha have there been any forensic audits of any of these voting machines around the country? I, I thought I read at one time there was some access to one of the machines in Antrim County, Michigan. Um, what was discovered there, and have any of the other machines been examined by experts at this point? I think, other, well, now Arizona has, Maricopa County and Arizona has, and that report should be out any time now. And we know from the hand canvas that was just done that they found over 100,000, I think it was, ghost voters when Arizona was decided by only, uh, I think, 12 or 13,000 votes, maybe less than that. What, is it, what does that mean, ghost? What's a ghost voter? It's a voter that they uh, essentially invent. They uh, pulled names from the voter registration database and used it against census numbers, I believe. Uh, experts are looking at that and have determined exactly how they did it, but I'm, I might get it wrong in the way I explain it. I, I do not do math, I do words. <laughs> and, um, but we've got people working on it that, that have 
figured out exactly how they did it. So, and, and we're going to expose it all. So at this point, there has not been a forensic examination made public, not yet, of any Dominion or Smartmatic voting machines in the country. The Antrim County report was made public. Okay. I have not read it recently, but it's my understanding that they found over 6,000 votes that were flipped from uh, Trump to Biden. Well, I thought they didn't do that. I thought those machines didn't do that. I thought they weren't connected to the internet either. <laughs> Isn't that what right. they told that us? That is one thing the CEO of Dominion told Congress that they were not connected to the internet. And they've had to walk that back. I don't know how specifically they walked that back, but that was obviously a flat out lie. And you know, we were aware that here in Colorado, in Mesa County, they the Attorney General of Colorado actually went in and the Secretary of State. Okay, yeah. well, you say it. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to defer to my lawyer guy <laughs> here because I preach the Bible. I'm and not. You really do an good. amazing job. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happened in Mesa County? Well, so what we know at this point is that the uh, the county clerk there, the clerk and recorder, made a, a mirror image of the hard drive of the of a voting machine there in her custody, uh, on uh, just before the Secretary of State came and raided her office to quote unquote upgrade the software. And that afterwards, the uh, the hard drive that's on the machine now has been significantly altered. And uh, I am told, and of course, I don't have firsthand knowledge, but I'm told that the um, the communications log and the adjudication log on the machine were deleted, as well as the hard drive repartitioned, and significantly less data is now on there than was before. So beyond that, we don't know the details. But the uh, the DA in that county, who happens to be a Republican is actually pursuing criminal charges, not against the people who deleted information, but against the, uh, the county clerk and recorder. So everyone is looking at this wondering what in the world is going on? Something, you, you can smell a rat there. Well, you know, Sydney, we filed two lawsuits against the state of Colorado last year, and they filed two lawsuits against us, and Liberty Council represented us, and we won and came out on top. But in the process, we had one judge that actually told Richard, that I don't have the authority to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, and issued a cease and desist order. And you've been dealing with this, it sounds like, for decades. Our judicial <laughs> system is not totally honest. Oh, no, it's not. I mean, the next book I need to write is about the Flynn case because, I mean, I, I could spend hours telling you the incredible things that happened there. It was unprecedented from the minute the FBI started an investigation against him through the rehearing on Bonk in front of the D.C. Circuit on Judge Sullivan himself appointing a special prosecutor to prosecute General Flynn when the government refused to do it. Everything was wrong. Everything from the minute it started until the minute it ended was wrong. Every court, every institution, the FBI, all of it was wrong. The DOJ finally did the right thing by moving to dismiss the case on its own because there was never a case against General Flynn to begin with. He was innocent. They knew he was innocent. They totally set him up and framed him. And then my, I was determined to make the court system work right to exonerate him. And it just became a pointless effort. We had exposed the corruption of Judge Sullivan's court and, frankly, the egregious politicization of the D.C. Circuit to allow him to appear as a party himself to seek rehearing in a mandamus action against him. It, 
I mean, I've practiced wow. four decades in hundreds of federal appeals and read hundreds of others. I think I'm over 500 federal appeals, never seen anything even coming close to what I've seen since the Flynn case. Well, you know, I've, um, it's my opinion that we have more conservatives in this country than what anybody knows, but it's not being oh, reported. We and, but this about the judges, this is basically how America has been pulled to the left is through the judicial system. They're bypassing the majority of people's wishes and they're, they're pushing these legal decisions on us. So you're testifying that administrative to state and the, uh, you know, all the, the federal employees that have embedded themselves, only the liberal ones apparently have completely embedded themselves. Obama was a master at embedding political appointees into the administrative state and the civil service positions for two years before he left office. And so the president would tell people to do something and nothing would happen. Yeah, we're hearing about that in the State Department right now with respect to Afghanistan. Yeah. And how they're opposing, they, they can't even get anything to change. It uh, doesn't matter. These, the folks in the State Department, the deep state, are opposing the, the humanitarian efforts there. It's just craziness. That's insane. Every one of them needs to be fired. Well, you know, one of the Every things one. that I think was so good under President Trump was how many appellate court judges that he appointed. Is there any hope of this thing turning around? Or how embedded is this? How do we deal with this? Well, I mean, just look at the failure of the Supreme Court to deal with any of these cases that were on their docket before January 6th. We had three cases there on emergency basis. We had filed three cases. We represented electors that are named in the Constitution. There is absolutely no doubt we had standing. If, if we didn't have standing, then no one ever has any standing to deal with one of these cases. And, the, it, you know, it would just be a mockery of the entire system for that to be true. And so we had three cases there on emergency basis. The court ignored them and let them sit until after January 6th and then dismissed them as moot, even though there's a doctrine called capable of repetition yet evading review, that if you don't deal with it now, it's going to happen again. So there were any number of ways that they could have and should have addressed the issues we raised with 900 pages of affidavits and statistical evidence and mathematical impossibilities that showed fraud and they didn't touch it. And how many of them were Trump appointees? Three. Wow. Well, Sydney, I remember uh, it, it, when the cases were going on, one of the, one of the Trump lawsuits was in uh, the, uh, I don't recall which district in Pennsylvania, but it, it went up to the Third Circuit there. And the Third Circuit issued a pretty tough rebuke of the president's lawyers, criticizing the briefing. Every, it was really hard hitting. What, what happened there? And those were Trump appointee judges in the majority in that circuit. Can you tell us the story of that? I think what we are dealing with here is pervasive and very, very dark. It's organized, it's well-funded, it's pure evil. They are willing to kill people, a la Kelly Leffler's aide in Georgia, who was suddenly blown up in his car on the way to a rally for her. Uh, he happened to be dating Governor Kemp's daughter. Governor Kemp was considering, I think, at that point, a signature audit. 
and then the Georgia Bureau of Investigation agent who was investigating that, he was the lead investigator, was suddenly dead within a week. And suddenly we don't hear anything else about any of that. We are talking about trillions of dollars of global wealth at issue here. The leadership and control of the, of the most powerful country on the face of the earth known people out there who want to destroy us and have been working to create what I call the apocalypse hoax with the response to COVID and every other problem we've had for the last four years at least, doing everything they could to undermine the Trump administration because they want to destroy the middle class. They want to turn us into a totalitarian communist fascist state that they control for their own power and wealth. That is the bottom line. And it is very real. We are seeing it more every day. And that's what we're fighting. And they have far more control over people in government and high places than anybody wants to acknowledge. Well, Sydney, you saying things like this, has there been threats on your life? Oh, I get threatened regularly. <laughs> And you seem to handle it so well. Do you have personal security or what do you do? I keep angels on my shoulders. God Amen. did not give me a spirit of fear. <laughs> well, I tell just you what, I appreciate it. didn't come in the package. I mean, you know, a number of things came in the package, but that is not one of them. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you standing strong. We need more people like you. Amen. Well, the, the 900 pages of uh, material attached to this case, as you refer to that a couple times, where can, can people get to that? Is that public record? Yes. They're on my website at sydneypowell.com, and they're on our website, defendingtherepublic.org, which, like your organization, is a C4 nonprofit that we are using to litigate not only the election issues, defending ourselves from the billions of dollars of suits brought by Dominion and Smartmatic and Eric Coomer, but also to fight the COVID vaccine. We've got a number of high profile cases coming with respect to that. And also to represent January 6th defendants who have been treated worse than Guantanamo terrorists in many ways. There are more than 80 of them that have been kept in solitary confinement and absolute bug infested holes that no human being should be forced to occupy and kept there for months, months. One guy was beaten almost to death. He's blinded in one eye. He was beaten by the guards. We're trying to get emergency medical help for him. We filed that motion Friday night about 1030 or 11 o'clock. I mean, my little team of of six lawyers plus me is working around the clock on all of these issues and, and we intend to get to the bottom of it. Do you have any uh, hope that it's going to actually change things? It has to. We cannot let this stand. It just simply cannot stand. You cannot have a coup of the greatest country on earth by massive, obvious, documentable fraud. It just cannot be allowed to stand. The Supreme Court is going to have to step up and fix it, or they will have absolutely no further use in the United States of America. They just, I mean, we've witnessed a complete institutional failure of every institution in our Constitution that was created to protect the rights of individuals and, and this country, which was divined by God. 
to be the beacon of freedom on the face of this earth. Absolutely. We cannot let that light be snuffed out. We must not let that light be snuffed out. Uh, Sydney, I, we've got a lot of questions coming in here, but I, I want I wanted to just give you an opportunity, maybe five minutes or even 10 if you need it, but whatever. What is the evidence of election fraud at this point? What hard evidence do we have that there was a massive conspiracy um, to flip the presidential election? Is it possible for you to summarize that in a few minutes with facts and not just, you know, conjecture? Right. Um, I, can, I can summarize some of it that's already public. I don't want to expose yet the evidence that will be coming out when we get ready to release it. But mathematical geniuses, and they're all over the country, can tell you it is a mathematical impossibility for 143,000 votes to spike in the middle of the night for Joe Biden. It just doesn't happen. That happened in any number of states within a few seconds of each other. Uh, there are reports available on the internet that document that. You can look at the filings that we have on my website, sydneypowell.com or defendingtherepublic.com with expert reports and statistics. The data does not lie. And there are documented instances of what has to be failures built into the programs of the machines that allowed people 130 years old to vote, that means essentially that anyone could have voted, that there is no, nothing on, on that machine software to keep all kinds of in votes from being injected in there. We have videotape of the woman in Fulton County in the middle of the night after they lied to people to tell them that they had a water leak that required them to shut down the voting and sent all the observers home. We have video of her pulling suitcases of pristine unfolded ballots out from under a table and repeatedly sending the same batch through the voting machine and a witness that will testify how that also coincides with the sudden spike in votes for mr biden in that particular precinct or location i mean everything lines up the time series data lines up the, the mathematical algorithms line up for using the voter databases and the uh, census of 2010 to create essentially a digital key for every state that was then plugged into the system in some way and, and created all these fake votes. And then they went in afterwards in some places and cleaned it up. I'm not sure they've cleaned it up in every state thereafter, but yes, there is a lot of evidence. And okay. it is going to get all put together in the case that Dominion brought against me in the District of Columbia. Could I ask you to comment on Texas and their election fraud uh, stuff that they put through? And of course, the liberals are saying that what it's doing is suppressing votes, and yet uh, the conservatives oh, are saying that's what they it's always cleaning. say. So that's what they always say. I mean, talk about racist. It's so racist to suggest that black people can't get legitimate voter ID, that voter ID is any kind of suppression of the vote or anything else that's been done to enforce the laws to make sure that only citizens vote. Texas actually expanded the length of time mm. that people can go vote, which I am opposed to. We need to narrow the amount of time. Voting day should be a national holiday, maybe make it a long weekend, 
holiday and do three days of it, but nobody should be able to look in and see what the votes are. We've got to go to paper ballots. No kind of computerized machine can be trusted. They have been doing this since 2004 and they know it. And there is documentation of that too. It has happened over and over again. It's only gotten worse because nobody did anything about it. And that leads me to question exactly who all is involved in it and where it also has to involve the government. And that is why I think it is especially dark. Well, as you know, in Colorado, we've got a, a Democratic governor, Democratic Senate and House. And we just had uh, Senator Kevin Lungberg speak at our Truth and Liberty Conference. And back, do you remember the date on when he spoke in front of the Colorado Senate? Yes, it was 2013. And he told them that this move to mail in ballots was just a open invitation to fraud. And um, it's proven to be true. And, and Colorado is totally mail in yep. ballots. Oh, total, total fraud. Yeah. Total fraud. It wouldn't surprise me if Colorado weren't predominantly conservative. Well, one of our statisticians has looked at registration trends over the last, I don't know how many years. And the country has grown increasingly conservative by registration trends. He also looked at the bellwether counties. I think only one of those went for Biden. We have absolutely unprecedented, mathematically impossible, statistically impossible activity at every turn in this last election. It and just doesn't, you can't defy the laws of physics and math. And even according to the numbers that we that we have been given, Trump got what ten million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016, and still supposedly lost. That shows you yeah. that there was a huge conservative swell. Yeah. And I believe yeah. that people are seeing this, and that 2022 is going to be a landslide. But can we trust the elections? No, we can't. We have got to get this solved now. That's why I'm so adamant. There's no 2022 until we fix 2020. People say, oh, he can win again in 2024. Hell no, he can't. He won in 2020. He won already by mm -hmm. a landslide because so many Trump supporters turned out on the day of the election itself, which is what I and others asked them to do if they wanted to make sure their vote counted for Trump, turn out on election day. It broke the algorithm in those swing states. And that's why they had to stop counting the vote until they could go in, reset the algorithms, run the phantom voters, do whatever it is they did to make up the vote they needed, to put Biden ahead by just a few thousand votes in each of those key states after he'd been hundreds of thousands of votes behind when the voting quit. You know, uh, I, if I can interject just a little story, I was going to a conference uh, last May uh, in Florida and uh, they, the conference was at one location but the parking was at another so you had to ride a shuttle over and on this shuttle there were two ladies in front of me on the bus from the Philippines and uh, they talked about how Dominion voting machines were used in the Philippines and how in the middle of the night they had to stop the election stop the counting and one candidate was ahead when they stopped and when they woke up the other candidate had won Sounds and they good. felt like it was exactly the same scenario. What, how does that sound to you? Does you? Do you have any knowledge of what happened in the Philippines? Yep, that's exactly what happened in the Philippines. That is part of the modus operandi. They have to stop the counting to make this work. When it gets so far out of sync, they need time to fix it. That's exactly why this happened. The same pattern has happened in other countries and, and that's the way they do it. 
I mean, just think about this. It's been going on for decades, at least uh, to some degree in some elections since 2004. We don't know who is in elected office right now in any position in any state or in the country that is actually supposed to be there. Wow. So every elected position is questionable right now because we don't know when this was applied. I don't think it's only the Democrats that have done it. I think Republicans have benefited from it in different ways too, whether it was by getting election insurance, as I call it, for putting Dominion in in the first place, installing it in their county or their state or whatever, or whether it's, it's by working out whatever kind of deal it is they do to make sure somebody wins, or whether it's somebody out there in Soros land that is pulling the strings to decide who wins. But it's been happening a long time. And that's why it's it's so pervasive and so hard for anybody to look at it and pull the thread to unravel it because it's gonna unravel every single elected position in the country and expose corruption and graft, the likes of which this country's never seen. And to me, this validates one of the points you made earlier about that America is much more conservative than people realize. And I think that they, their algorithms, they just did not realize the conservative support for Trump and it broke their algorithms and that's the reason they had to that's resort exactly to That's exactly what things. it did. It, yeah. it broke their preset algorithm. They had to go in, run another one, and then they used the mail-in ballots, the counterfeit ballots, the ghost voters to backfill. So I believe we are winning the battle as far as the hearts of the people, but man, we got to get this election stuff straightened out. So thank you once again for standing and getting sued and everything you're going through to be able to do that. We sure appreciate you, Sydney. Mm. Awesome. We got some questions here? Uh, we got so many questions, I'm not sure where to start. It's uh, <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, here's one. Um, are you going to engage in any discovery in that defamation case? I'm, I'm rephrasing the question here, but, but we have a viewer asking, are you going to ask Coomer questions in a deposition? Yes, we are. Is the court I can't wait. The court's going to give you some, uh, some discovery in that case? Yeah, actually the court in Colorado, which is the first case, and that's the one Coomer brought against us, has given us a very short but two-hour deposition of him before we even get to deciding what's called an anti-slap issue. That's uh, you know a whole nother legal thing, I won't go into it, but basically you have a right in, in Colorado by statute to talk about issues of national importance without being slapped with a defamation lawsuit, uh, which is exactly what we were doing. And um, there's a hearing on that later this month, but we're gonna get uh, the first deposition of Mr. Coomer on September 23rd as it stands now. Awesome. And then That's we'll great. get discovery in the Dominion lawsuit sometime after we file our answer on the 24th. And that is going to be where the rubber really meets the road. We are all salivating over that. Mm -hmm. I bet. I could go into a lot on that, but I won't. I don't want you to divulge anything. But so President Trump, um, a lot of people thought, this is one of the questions we got in, a lot of people thought he was going to uh, cite the Insurrection Act and uh, do some other things to prevent the certification of the election. Do you have any insights on why he didn't go that direction? He had nobody around him but, uh, but me asking him to, and I, I wasn't asking him to invoke the Insurrection Act, I was encouraging him to 
use the cybersecurity executive order 13848 that was active at the time to look at the machines just to have you know a, a nonpartisan group of experts uh, secure the machines in those six key cities and, and do a full forensic inspection of them so that we could get to the truth. Uh, but everyone around him in the White House was ready for him to leave and wanted him to leave. And what he wanted to do just didn't happen. In fact, I saw them look at him and say, Mr. President, you can you know, name her assistant White House counsel or special White House counsel or anything you want, and nobody's going to pay any attention to it. Wow. You know, in hindsight, yeah. I believe that President Trump was, I mean, I think he's an awesome president, but I think he was naive and thought that he didn't realize how deep the state was, and he left people around him and in places that he should have cleaned house because I think he was out to do the right thing, but like you said, he wasn't supported by a lot of the people around him. He not only got no support, he was undermined by many of his own White House staff, and he certainly was given no support in using what I would call a Mount Rushmore moment to do what needed to be done to save the Republic. Mm. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about him. It was about the Republic of the United States of America. The person in that chair, of, regardless of which party they were in, that election should have impounded those machines and done a full-fledged, perfectly legitimate, totally supervised, audit of exactly what happened. Wow. The problem is there are a lot of people, I think, in government and elsewhere across the country, including Secretary of State's offices, that do know exactly what happened. They're responsible for it, and they are determined to bury the truth. Wow. Well, that's discouraging to hear, but I don't doubt that it's so. Well, you said earlier in the broadcast that uh, you're optimistic because pieces are coming together. Can, can you elaborate on that? Why are you optimistic that this is all going to come to light? Uh, because I'm learning more every day, and I, I think I have a good handle now on, on what happened and why, and more and more people are coming forward to share information about what happened and why. Uh, my mom always said she was a devout Christian, and she always said the truth will come to light. Mm -hmm. It yes. just will. God loves truth. He despises deceit. Mm -hmm. And this government has been lying to us, all the Americans, for decades now. It's got to stop now or we won't have the Republic of the United States of America any longer. I agree. One of the things about the whole concept of nationwide election fraud that I think makes it a little bit tough for people to swallow is just how big the conspiracy has to be for this to be true. I did have one expert tell me, no, it really doesn't have to be that big. It just takes a few people in each state to pull this off. Do you have any thoughts about that? Is this really possible that there could be a conspiracy this big or uh, is it simpler than that? Uh, I think, well, there are all kinds of people that were involved in it that I'm sure had no idea they were committing a crime. Scads of them, I'm sure, did not, know, did not know that there was a crime going on. They just wouldn't have known that because there are a few key people that knew how the machines worked 
how to create the algorithm, how to get the algorithm going in each of the machines. And that could have been transmitted to each state. I think I mentioned earlier, there was a different key for each state, but that could have been injected in a few minutes per state or less by one or two people that knew what they were doing. Uh, I do think there are people in each of the swing states in each of the cities where voting, the voting stopped counting, stopped being counted, that knew what was going on. And it would take a federal grand jury to investigate that probably and, and get to the bottom of that. What I'm most appalled about is that the Department of Justice has totally failed to do its job as have the FBI and the National Security Administration and CISA and Homeland Security that tells me how how bad it really is. Well, you know, I've seen Mike Lindell, a number of his things, and we've had Dr. Douglas Frank. I think you mentioned him, and we've had Dr. him Dr. Frank on. is the one who figured out the key for each state. Yep. So we've had him on here, and we've heard a lot of this information, and they're crediting China and foreign intervention. Do you have any opinion on that, or was it all Dominion local stuff? Well, I mean, we certainly know the machines are vulnerable to hacking. There was an awful lot of, of foreign traffic. We know from the FBI and CISA's own advisory that they put out uh, October 30th, I think it was, and then updated the day of the election that Iran interfered in the election. That finding alone was enough to trigger application of the executive order that I was encouraging the president to apply here to secure the machines and investigate. Um, we also know, I think even the Biden administration found Russian interference in the election. We know Pakistan, the intelligence agency for Pakistan was getting registration data from the Secretary of State in Nevada. So there was foreign interference all over the place. But yeah, there was internet traffic with uh, Beijing that night and, and data packets of some kind being transferred. But, but you don't even need that to see from the data and the math itself that there were fake votes injected throughout the election in the key places. But these machines were not supposed to be connected to the internet, so. Uh, now, that's what Mr. Polis said, but yeah. that was not true. Yeah. And he knows that's not true. So Sydney, do, can you explain how, if we know, and maybe there was more than one method here, but. Let me back up and say a lot of places have conducted hand, you know, hand recounts and, and supposed no, audits and so forth. Why aren't those uncovering this fraud? Why aren't those audits that so-called and hand recounts working? They point to Georgia as having done a hand recount. They did not do a full hand recount. They did a hand recount in Ware County, uh, Georgia, I think, and that found uh, about a, a one-third vote flip, if I remember correctly. Um, of course, the Antrim County wound up with a hand count, a real hand count that showed the 6,000 vote flip. Only Arizona has come close to doing a full hand count. And to do the hand count, you not only have to have all the ballots, you have to have all the envelopes. Georgia never did that. They did what's called a risk limiting audit or a small audit of a small percentage of things. They want to pass it off as a full-blown audit, but it was nowhere near a full-blown audit, and they are terrified of doing one. Mm. 
Wow. Well, so here we have an interesting question from uh, one of our viewers is how did they, uh, how is it that they did not stop President Trump in 2016? How did he win? Did it catch them by surprise? Exactly. It was an accident. They had, I uh, believe, assured Hillary. I don't know who the they is. Again, let me be clear about that. I don't know exactly who the they is, but Hillary had been assured that she was going to win. And again, Trump voters turned out in such numbers that he prevailed. And so they made God sure. God gave us a reprieve on going down the road to darkness that we're on right now. So they made sure in 2020 that if something happened, they had a plan B, and I guess that's what they executed. The plan B, COVID was the cover for the plan B, the massive mail-in votes, all the changes they got the legislatures to make in light of the COVID apocalypse hoax, as I call it. And that's not to make light of COVID, but to, it, the government's response to it was absolutely outrageous. There are no circumstances under which the United States of America should be shut down much less churches. Churches have served as hospitals before in legitimate wars. Uh, you know, the, the abdication of the rights that have been imposed in this medical tyranny and now medical apartheid is completely unconstitutional and unacceptable to a free society. Well, again, you know, I say that I love President Trump, man. He was, I think, the best thing that ever happened to the body of Christ in this nation. So I'm not really against him, but I do think that he made a mistake in giving Fauci as much uh, recognition and authority as he had and shutting down the economy. And, and again, I don't know that I could blame him if you're in, hearing all of these terrible predictions, but nonetheless, in hindsight, uh, it's just terrible and it opened up a door to all of this it stuff did. that we see. It really did. They have been very clever about what they've done. They have been very clever about it and just flat out diabolical and Machiavellian. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen in this uh, election tomorrow in California, the recall? Is that going to be marred by voter fraud? Uh, or oh, yeah, it already we... is. In at least one county, it's been reported to me that approximately 70% of the people who showed up to vote had been told their votes had already been counted, that they'd already voted. That wasn't true at all. So the th same thing is happening there that happened already. There's no reason to think any of this is going to get better until we go to paper ballots, real voter ID, and no machines whatsoever. So if, and get 2020 fixed. If like Newsom was recalled and Larry Elder won, would, uh, how would that happen? Would that just have to be such an overwhelming uh, ballots that they couldn't um, fake that, couldn't overturn it? Yeah, or somebody actually you know, ever investigates the fraud, but we've got no law enforcement that's doing its job anywhere that I can see on a national level. Well, Sydney, I have to tell you, this isn't really encouraging. <laughs> but I appreciate you standing up and fighting this. And, you know, I've got a friend in the Senate in Arizona. He's one of the state senators, and I visited with him a couple of times, and he said they're investigating, and he promised me, he, he couldn't give me details, but he says there's things coming out in Arizona that are going to blow the lid off of this. And so, sounds I like... I think so, too. That's why they're fighting about it so hard. I think if they that had nothing to hide, people. they wouldn't be hiding anything. Yeah, if I they, mean, really, how simple could this have been? All they had to do is just they, turn over their stats and prove that it was all legit. Show us the machines, show us the ballots. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. We've got time for maybe one more question. Have you got another one? Yeah, what can, uh, what can the average citizen do to help out with this issue of voter fraud? 
demand from your county officials that they stop using machines of any kind, demand they go to paper ballots, demand they go to real citizen ID, start bird dogging your city council meetings, your county commissioners meetings, take a group with you, go to defendingtherepublic.org. We've got a list of 10 things at least that you can do that don't cost anything, including signing up for our newsletter that's free and then make an email list and send it to everyone you know in a, you know one push of the button forward it to everyone you know because we're getting the truth out at least twice a week on on these crucial issues and we need everybody to pass it on everywhere they possibly can the more people know the more you actually get the truth the more we can stand up for our individual rights and just fly your flag Pray, pray for us. I am uplifted all the time by the prayers of millions of people. We feel it, General Flynn felt it. It's, it's been happening since the day I took the Flynn case, if not before. And let me jump in you know, and say God one thing. has got to step oh. in and, and save this country, but Amen. we've got to repent and return to him to Amen. do it. Amen. I think a lot of people real quick are feeling like my vote doesn't matter, it's all corrupt, it doesn't count, so why bother? Isn't that the exact opposite attitude we need to have? Uh, in the next election, people need to flood the ballot box. Everybody needs to vote and try to overwhelm this fraudulent system. Do you agree with that? Yes, we've got to keep overwhelming the system while we're working to change it, but we've got to get very adamant about changing it. There are no circumstances under, under which any of these machines should be allowed to count another vote. I don't care what the company is or the software is or any of it. If it's computerized, it's hackable. It can be altered without you seeing it. Wow. Well, Sydney, we really appreciate you and appreciate what you're doing. And thank you for standing so strong, man. You're an inspiration to me. And uh, thank you for being with us tonight. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. Don't post this on YouTube because they will cancel you completely. <laughs> <laughs> and let me also thank uh, CTN for carrying this on their network. What a blessing they are to do this. And thank they all are. of you for joining us. Uh, we do this every Monday night at 6 p.m., our Truth and Liberty live cast. And like uh, Richard said at the very beginning of the broadcast, we would love for you to be a part of this, to join with us because there's a lot of things we're doing and we are really focusing on turning Colorado back to a red state. So we are doing things. We need partners. So join with us if you can. Go to Sydney's website. We have that information there on the screen and uh, make sure that you join us again next week. We're going to have a great program. So God bless you. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next week, 6 p.m. Monday night for our Truth and Liberty livecast. Join us Thank next you, time Sydney. for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our livecasts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net 